We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, Robert Foreman was here uh, so, uh, about three or four months ago and talked with us about Enlightenment Ain't What It's Cracked Up To Be, his uh, latest book. He comes back to be with us today to talk about his ideas about jazz and the soul, in which relationship becomes real and soulful. As you know, he is the author of Enlightenment Ain't What It's Cracked Up To Be, A Journey of Discovery, Snow, and Jazz in the Soul. And that book carries a profound awareness of what it's like to live life in touch with the soul. But it also is one of those books that kind of tells us the truth about enlightenment as opposed to, you know, it's the panacea that has sort of been purported to be. When it comes to relationship, however, in terms of our generalities, we all tend to think that the other party is our soul. They represent our happiness, our security, our hope, and often we think that we cannot live without some of our relationships. Well, perhaps we don't ever live without them, but that's not the question. The question is how much of our relationship is soulful and how much operates as if it is separate from the soul. So if you're listening now and you want to learn how to make yours into more of a soulful relationship, hang in here with us today. Robert Casey Foreman, Ph.D., Professor of Comparative Religion and co-founder of the Journal of Consciousness Studies, the Forge Guild of Spiritual Teachers and Leaders, and of the Soul Jazz family of programs for bringing spirituality into the everyday, is our guest today. Foreman is a meditator of 42 years and the author, as I said, of the book Enlightenment Ain't What It's Cracked Up To Be. You can learn more about him at enlightenmentaint.com or at godeepertogether.com. So, Robert, welcome back to the Authentic Living Show. Hey, Andrea, it's a delight to be here, and I want to thank you for that very sweet introduction. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Well, let's talk a little bit more. We, ta- we left off the last show just kind of going over some of the ideas that you put in uh, Enlightenment Ain't What It's Cracked Up To Be, which is, as I, I should tell the audience, it's a memoir that is your journey, your personal journey with enlightenment. And uh, you explore a lot of what it's like to, to come to deeper and deeper states of meditation, but also what it's like to come to the real world from that state. So can you, can you talk just a little bit more about that now? Sure. Um, my life, as you said, my, you know, my life has been sort of centered on meditation. And I have had the experience that I was sort of hoping for when I started all this, and it's, and it's uh, the experience of enlightenment is 
as I've come to understand it, the experience of holding the sense of your own consciousness, the sense of who you are, in the middle of everything that you do. So there's a sense of being present to what you're doing more. There's a sense of what's called witnessing, being aware of what's happening to you as it's happening. And the interesting thing, and the reason I wrote the book, was that I was expecting a kind of personality transplant with all this. And what actually happened when this came on and ever since has been that though the experience has been quite interesting and very lovely, it certainly has not been the personality transplant. I have not become this sort of perfect person I was sort of hoping to. Um, My life did not change substantially enough. And so the challenge of my life and what, what we're going to be talking about today, the challenge of my life has been to come to understand how to bring the values that we get in those deep times of meditation, how to bring that sense of witnessing that comes sometimes from meditation into our everyday lives, into our relationships, into our ordinary psyche, into our ordinary lives. And that's actually a whole lot harder than I was expecting, a whole lot more challenging, and has required a whole lot more different kinds of approaches and different kinds of attitudes than just meditation and just the practice and going off on retreats as I do. And I think that it's a a wonderful thing, and I'm really glad to have a chance to talk to you about it today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really glad to get to talk about about it today. You you said the word witnessing, and you said the word presence, and those the word presence especially is used a lot in the New Age, New Thought kind of uh, genre out there. So. Can you explain to us exactly what you mean when you say the words witness and presence? The witness means that you are able to be aware of your own consciousness, open to your own consciousness and aware of it at the same time that you're noticing what's happening around you. Like right now, I'm, I'm in the woods and I'm looking out at some trees And to witness that is to both look at the trees, but also to be aware, as it were, behind what I'm seeing, and be aware of the seeing at the same time that I'm doing the seeing. And that sounds kind of like you have a split personality. It's exactly the opposite. It's rather that you are both in the world and fully aware of being in the world. Now, whether somebody has the experience of witnessing or not, I'm not sure that's, that's quite so critical here, but I think many people of our listeners would have, the, would have had the experience of being in their lives and also aware of being in their lives at the same time. So whether it's permanent or not, I don't know, but I think that experience is actually surprisingly common for folks. So the witness is to be aware of your own activity, to be aware of what you're doing as you're doing it. And it, and it means being more fully present, more fully alive to what's happening than, well, than it used to be for me, and I think that, that it is for most folks. Right. So, so by witnessing, and, and you tell me if I have this right, by witnessing uh, becoming aware of our conscious experience while we're living it, uh, we also become more present. Yes, very much so. Yes. Yes, yes very okay. much so. But more present... Um, you know, imagine when you're driving down the road and you realize, oh my goodness, I passed my exit. You're, you're doing your life, but you're not quite aware of your life right there. Mm-hmm. Imagine the difference between that 
and driving down the road and noticing, oh, my exit is coming up, and being aware of making the turn and coming off the road and being fully engaged and watching the colors and watching the sound, listening to the sounds. It's that kind of difference, and it's a luscious difference. It's really wonderful to be able to be aware of your own awareness at the same time that you're in your life. So, yeah, absolutely more present. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there are, as you've said, many people who can describe glimmers of that in their lives. When, you know, I yeah. heard somebody the other day talking about watching this beautiful sunset, and, and they were talking about how profound it was and how moved they were by the experience, and they could see every color and every shape of the clouds, and they were really right there in it. But that yeah. doesn't happen on a regular basis for most of us, but the meditation does bring that more into possibility because we are in that meditative state aware of our awareness. Yeah, and what happens in enlightenment, and, and frankly, there, I think there are many, many more people that have gained enlightenment than we're aware. Uh, but what happens in enlightenment is that that sense of being present just simply becomes part of your permanent, uh, it becomes a permanent part of your life. That it's just, you know, it's, it's like there's a switch turned on, and, and you, from that point on, are aware, are awake, etc. And so, that the struggle of my life has been to try to figure out what is the value of that, and and the struggle of many people's lives, whether they have gained this permanent state or not, has been to how do we apply this power of presence? How do we apply what we've gained in our meditation life into our into our everyday lives and into our everyday relationships? Right, right. So, okay, let's talk about that. You said it was harder than you thought. Uh, what does that mean? What what is the effort there? Well, let's let's talk about what what the, what what that might be like to to bring it into our relationships. First of all, the quality of presence is very similar, and the quality of enlightenment is very similar. I think to the following sort of experience. And here, I'm going to ask you a question, Andrea. Have you ever had the experience in which you were you were uh, you had something you were kind of keeping to yourself? Uh, a secret, perhaps, or something about yourself that you've always had a sense for, yet you've never been able to tell anybody. And then you're with a very dear friend, and you let out this truth about yourself. You let out the secret. You tell them this thing you've been holding for so long. How, how do you feel after you've shared something like that with with somebody? Yeah, I, I think that's a very enriching experience. You feel connected, you, especially if they've received it well. Yeah, I'm yes. going to assume that that's uh-huh. the case. Uh, and, and you feel connected and you feel uh, a really deeper, more profound experience of life even in that second. I love it. It's a deeper, more profound experience of life. I would also add that you feel freer. You feel open. Um, mm-hmm. I, sometimes when I've had that experience, it's like there's a rock that's been on my chest. I finally get to pick it up and toss it off my chest. So there's a sense of openness. There's a sense of sort of, ah, I can breathe again. You, you know what I mean? Sure, absolutely. I, yeah, you... That's the quality that comes with being present. There's a sense of openness in your own life. There's a sense of freedom. There's a sense of, there's a, like a weight lifted off your chest. So that for me, telling the truth like that to your friend, being able to share what's really so for you, has the same quality as does this sense of presence we were talking about, as does the sense of being enlightened. And so I think that it's in there, learning to live your life in such a way that you bring what is 
deeply true into what you do. You're able to share what is deeply true with the person that you're with, with your, with your friend, with your lover. So that what I, I want to encourage people to do is to think about their own lives and think about how to tell the truth more. And you, you sort of remarked on the fact that I said something about this is where the work is. I think telling the truth, it's not a habit most of us come into life with. It's not. We've all learned how to act. You said, you, the, the man said in your introduction something about living outside the box or moving outside the box. Being in the box is saying the same old things when you don't quite mean them, thinking the same old thoughts when you're not quite convinced. And I think the real challenge of our lives and the real challenge of bringing the spiritual life to life is in learning to speak what is deeply true for yourself, learning to be more deeply honest with yourself and with your friends. And, and that, I think, is where the work is. And it's, when I say work, it's actually where the fun is, but it's also where the work is. I, I think they're kind of the same. Yeah, and the work would be suspending that fear of being known uh, in relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there is yeah, some yeah. work there. Yeah, and I, I like the way you put that, the fear of being known or the fear of being seen. I think when we tell the truth, there's a sense of a couple, couple of emotional qualities come with it. The first is that if you tell the real truth, you almost recognize you're telling the real truth because you feel a little anxiety as you say it. You know, there's a kind of giddiness to it. There's a kind of lively, almost vibratory quality as you speak this way. And I think that that's, it's just wonderful. There's a kind of excitement, like, do I dare to tell them what is really true for me? And it's like, ah, you know, something like that. So that it's, it's, there's a little excitement to it, but it's also, if you speak something that's really so for you, there's a little bit of vulnerability that's involved. You are now speaking something where you actually are showing them something of who you are. You actually are showing them a little more of your soul, as, as you Absolutely. said before. And that Absolutely. is just delicious, but it's also a little scary. And Absolutely that, I think, is. Is, is the key act in yep. bringing the depth of presence or the depths of our spiritual lives into, the, into our everyday lives, yeah? Absolutely. We're going to take a break right now on that note, and we're going to come back for more in just a few minutes with Robert Foreman and turning relationship to soulfulness. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. 
Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Robert Foreman and the Authentic Living Show. The Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And as I said, we're here with Robert Foreman talking about enlightenment and how that impacts relationships. What we were saying just but what you were saying just before the break, Robert, was that that telling that truth is a risk. It is more vulnerable, uh, and yet it has offers its own kind of excitement. So, do you want to say anything else about that? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and thank you. Um, I, I want to speak about the excitement or the anxiety that comes with that. One of the things that has been difficult for me to discover, and very important is that if I'm not feeling slightly anxious or a little bit of excitement about what I'm saying, then I use that as a kind of marker that, well, I'm not saying something really new or really vulnerable-making. So I see the anxiety that that speaking real truth or the the kind of giddiness that speaking real truth brings as a kind of of cue. I used to think that, that when I was feeling anxious, there was something wrong. And, and I've completely flipped that around. Now I recognize that when I'm speaking to somebody, I'm feeling that little bit of giddiness or that little bit of anxiety. I now take that as a marker that, oh, I'm really onto something. So there's a quality, and I'm sure you know this, there's a quality that when that comes on, I say, oh, oh, I wonder what's coming up here. Because generally you don't know. There's a kind of discovery that you're making with the other person. And I think that it's very, it's my favorite thing to do. It's very cool. And it's the kind of thing I, it's, it's, it's what I really want to do with my friends and colleagues. And I think I, I would love to see more relationships in the world. In fact, it's why I'm out speaking about Jazz and the Soul, because I, I only want to have more of these relationships in which the real truth can start to come out more. And I only want to have friends in which I can do this with. And it's just, there's a certain kind of, I just love it when people can be really straight with me and when I can be really straight with other people. But let me say one more thing about that before I, before I you know, stop here. Um, <laughs> that is to say, 
truth speaking, as I'm trying to describe it, is not about the other person. It's not, you look fat in that dress. It's not, you've been mean to me. Rather, it's, I'm doing something that's mean, or I'm doing something I haven't been recognizing. Truth-telling is always about oneself. And if you think about truth-telling as telling the other person how bad a job they're doing or something like that, that's not what I'm pointing to. I'm pointing to telling the real truth about you and doing so in a way that you're starting to really own up to whatever you've been doing or being very honest about what you are or being very honest about feelings you do and don't have. And so it's, it's in there that I think the anxiety is very important and real useful. But it's in there that we can start to speak out. Speaking the truth has to do with speaking the truth about what you are and what you've been doing. You know what I'm describing, Andrew? Absolutely, and I'm so glad you said that because I do think we are so externalized in the Western culture that we we tend to, I mean, how many times, I can't even tell you how many times we've had discussions in therapy about being able to say what you mean about something and immediately somebody will say, well, I'm afraid that might hurt their feelings. Right. Well, you're not going to be talking about them. You're going to be talking right. about yourself. You know, That's so right. that whole idea is we're so caught up in what is going on outside of me that we just don't even know what very often don't know what's going on inside of us but if we do we don't want to say our own feelings because we say oh well that's going to be effect, have an impact on the external when we're yeah. what we're really saying is i'm not sure i want <laughs> i want to risk that relationship we're we're afraid of losing the relationship by telling the truth yeah. of our own you know if, I, if a couple things first of all i really appreciate your saying that our culture is very externally oriented absolutely true and it's all, we're also very oriented, especially since the invention of PC. We're actually very, we're all, we're very concerned about sort of hurting the other person's feelings. I actually almost feel 100% the opposite side. I want to be with people to whom I can speak what is really true. And if somebody has done something that has been really painful for me or really obnoxious in some way, I want to be with people that I can say that to. The, the few times that happens, and and have them say back to me, ooh, you know, I think you're right in the following way, and not get defensive, and simply accept what is, you know, what is true about what the other person says. So that uh, I think that if somebody is, is likely to take something always to heart, that's a person that I think I might not be ready to be able to really, really de- dig into my own stuff with, because... It means, if you're really speaking the truth, it means that sometimes you're willing to hear what is a painful truth for you. And so this, what I'm looking for is I'm looking to be communicating with people in which we are all straight up with one another. But I, I don't want to lose the point, which is the key point is I want to be able to speak what is true about me. Occasionally it comes up where I have some feedback for somebody else, but really what I'm looking for is do I have somebody that I can trust enough to really communicate the deeper truths for myself. Yeah, and and truly when you're saying something about yourself, if say you have done something that's offensive to me, then all I need to relate is my own feelings about that and what you do with that is up to you. Yeah. But what yeah. I hope and this is something I hope for for myself and I also hope for from you as my friend is that if you say something to me, for example, um, you know, you did a bad job on blah blah blah. I want to be able to hear that and say, you know, you're right. 
I really did do not such a good job on such and so. I was trying to do this over here, but but you're right. I think I became unconscious, or I wasn't careful, or I didn't do, you know, I didn't do what I said I would do. I mean, I want to be able to be straight about where I have and have not let the other person down, and that's part of being vulnerable. It's part of being honest. If I'm really honest, I'll be able to acknowledge where I have let somebody down. And God knows I do a lot. And my hope is that I can often or always say, when I've let somebody down, I can always say, ooh, I think I have let you down, or ooh, I think I did mess that up, or ooh. You know, it's like, I want to be that honest and that open and that vulnerable where I can say, I have done this well, I've done that poorly, and then go on. And that's, I think, something that God knows our culture could use more of. More oh, of that yeah. honesty. People are so oversensitive to things, and and I think that we would be a whole lot better off if we all acknowledged to each other, yeah, I'm not doing this well, or yes, I'm doing that well. Yeah, and the place that's most likely, I think, first for people to experience that is in their primary relationship. So yeah. that's where we might be willing to take those risks most readily. And I and I, I think that the the thing there is that we. We this idea of truth is relative to the person who's speaking it, and so if I have an emotion and I relate that emotion to you, then that doesn't mean my emotion is valid. It only means that's my emotion, and I'm telling you about it. It doesn't right. mean that you've really done that thing I've perceived that you did. It only means that I have some feelings about it, and I want you yeah, to know those feelings. I, I certainly know what you mean, and that is obviously what we're what we're sort of focusing on. But my experience is if somebody says to me that you've done such and so poorly or you've done, you know, you kind of forgot, blah, 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 generally there's some truth in it. Generally yeah. they're not, you know, I mean, most of the people I hang out with are reasonably sane and reasonably together. So right. my general attitude is if somebody has a piece of feedback for me, yes, they're representing their feelings, yes, they're talking about what they've noticed or what they've felt, but I'm always looking for what might be true in what they've said. And even if it's doesn't seem that way to me. I'm looking for what might be true and in, in what might be true at least in what they're saying. But I want to come back to this idea of the of the primary relationship. In a certain sense, to deal with one's primary relationship is, you know, that hopefully you are the most honest with that person, the most real with that person. But frankly, people that have been together for a long time often have very um, deep and solid habits of communication. So sometimes I would say, and for many couples I know, I would say the primary relationship is often the hardest one to dig underneath the, the what we're used to saying and, and dig into what is really true. Sometimes I think of that, sometimes I think of my own marriage as sort of graduate work and, and <laughs> graduate school, and I think most of us are more like ready for the first grade kind of thing. But yes, I would hope that one's primary relationship could be a place of real truth and real openness. Absolutely, it's the place it. where, yeah, absolutely, and it's the place where we are going to, well, I mean, it's a place where we're going to build intimacy into the equation, and and hopefully that will be one of those things that builds a fortress around the relationship yeah. itself, but, okay, so, but what you said there was very, very important, and I want to reiterate that, I, I, what you're saying is, regardless of what the person says, regardless of whether I perceive it to be true or not, my openness to the possibility that it could be true is meaningful. Absolutely, and often, and if you'll recall, we kind of started the conversation talking about where the work is. It's right here that, the, that there's work. That is to say, generally, when somebody says something, 
and it might be something that I don't particularly want to recognize about myself, don't particularly want to hear, my tendency is to want to say, oh, no, no, no. But truth be told, if there's truth in there, I want to be able to stretch myself outside of my own box and to be able to get into what might be so in a way that I'm not immediately seeing it, I'm not immediately owning it. And in that sense, I'm always looking for the truth in what the other person says. Sometimes it's painful. Generally, though, it's not. Generally, it's, oh, yeah, I haven't been seeing that. But it is in here that I think relationships can become truly juicy and truly alive. Right in here where we can tell the truth, especially where things are not conscious to me. Yeah, yeah. So that consciousness, yes. Yeah, so that yeah. consciousness is a, a really important aspect of that presence that yeah, that you're talking about that's going to really be a part of what that dynamic conversation. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that presence in the conversation of truth right after the break. So stay tuned for more. Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back to talking today to Robert Foreman about his book, Enlightenment Ain't What It's Cracked Up To Be. And we're applying some of those same ideas in his memoir uh, to the idea of relationship, which he does talk some about in, in the book as well. But today we're talking particularly about uh, soul jazz and uh, what that means in terms of making a relationship soulful. So well, we were talking a little bit during the break about uh, how it is that 
this whole uh, this whole conversation seems to be evolving. I was about to say this when we came back that our conversation about truth telling seems to be something that's coming up more and more and more and more and more as I talk to people across the nation and around the world about about uh, what it is to be authentic and what it is to be enlightened, which to me are pretty synonymous terms. And uh, so this whole thing seems to be an evolutionary process for us as a collective as well. And uh, I think it's really, really important that we talk about that whole thing about how we talk. Just like sometimes we have to talk about consciousness as how we see, I think we need to talk about talking as how we talk so so in that process i think what we're what i wanted to get to during this time is is what is it like to be present with yourself during a conversation of truth telling i think that our society as a whole has discovered the value of reaching into one's soul i think that we are starting to see the come up at of living false lives and living solely in the image of our lives. And I think that the idea of being honest and the idea of being increasingly real certainly is not something you or I made up. We are, we are very much responding to our society and responding to the needs of our society and, and the, the, the general trend in our society. So, yeah, I think this is something I'm sensing more and more, and this is something that I hear more and more. And I'm thrilled about it. I think our society is long overdue for a shift into more honesty, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's one of the things that I work with most when I'm working in couples therapy or with individuals, how to first be honest with yourself and then how to take that to the next level and, and how to be honest with another person, even if it's just one other person on the planet. Yeah, uh, how to, and yeah, I love. I do, what I do you some s- spiritual consulting work along these lines, and and you know, a kind of coaching or advising or mentorship. And I find that the people that I work with are almost desperate for more honesty. I mean, all we really can supply one another with is a listener who is willing to hear the truth, and a speaker who is willing to speak the truth. And when I speak my truth, amazingly. The other person wants to speak their truth back to me. It is almost like a, like an automatic system where the deeper I can go, the deeper you go into your own life. And I think it's just delicious, don't you? I just absolutely, love doing this. absolutely, and I, and I so agree with you that. You know, I do a lot of corporate training as well, and one of the things that I'm called on to do quite a bit is something called authentic leadership. And one of the sort of touchstones of that is is transparency. So we are, like I said, we're evolving more and more to this place of where we're just going to end up telling the truth. Somebody's going to tell us a truth that makes us want to tell one back because um, that's what you just said. And it is very true that when you open up, and say something that's true, other people are willing to do the same. Somebody has yeah. to take that first step, though. Yeah, I, know. I would say that other people are willing to do the same to the extent that they know how or to the extent that they're able. Yeah. That is to yeah. say, you know, somebody can be speaking their truth, and, you know, Mr. X speaks his truth, and Mr. Y hears it, and he says, okay, now I'm going to speak my truth. But he doesn't, he's never had this experience. He's never done practice with it. And so he, he says something that is just like the beginning of his deepening. The interesting thing about truth-telling is it's rather like a spiral. That is, you, you begin it, and you speak something that's true, and then you go, oh, and what's beneath that? And then you go even deeper. And then you say, 
Oh, and, he, and below that, something I wasn't recognizing. So then you can go even deeper. So there's a kind of an ongoing deepening and deepening quality in this, so that the invitation, I think, is not to speak the truth once, but rather to speak it in such a way that you're continuing to discover and continuing to go deeper into what is so or deeper into what is not seen yet. And there's a kind of, there's a kind of spiraling down and down, and it's, it's just wonderful. So The way I put this is, I've never come to the end of a discovery. All I can say is that truth-telling happens once, and then it happens again even deeper, and it happens again even deeper. And that's the process, I think, that our society is inviting each other to. And I know it's what you and I are inviting one another to, that there's a sense here of keeping going and not stopping and continuing to discover. And in that way, we are ending up with a life more deeply known and more deeply lived, and in that sense, the sense of being present to our own lives and to what we're saying grows and deepens and grows some more. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've even literally had people come in and say, can we do that again? (laughs) That was fun. Can we do that again? (laughs) It's really, it's very interesting to to see the comfort that comes from just divulging that sense, like you said, of freedom and and presence and all of that. But yes, yeah. you're right. There is a skill I, I, I want to stress your word comfort. There is yeah. something so human and so delicious about sharing truth with somebody, and it does feel like you are increasingly welcomed into the world. That sense of comfort is absolutely profound and so sweet, don't you think? Mm-hmm, absolutely, and very similar indeed to what we might feel in a meditative state, although that might be more, much more personal because, you know, we can feel it within ourselves. It's not an, a, a, as externalized as, as is relationship, but I do think that we there, – there is also that skill you talked about. There is a learning curve to, to this process of divulging yourself in part because we've not been taught we are so externalized we've not been taught how to sit with ourselves and find out what's in there um, and we right. and we can be reactive before we even know what's really fully in there yes Which, yeah. and yes. I think that that reaction is almost a marker of something being hidden of, of our own hiding something from ourselves Absolutely. when my for example when my wife says something that um, I really don't want to hear. Um, I'll get very defensive. And I get defensive because there's a truth in there I'm not quite willing to see yet, or I'm not willing to acknowledge to myself yet. And generally, because I've been doing this for a while now, generally, I sort of go away and I come back an hour later or you know the next day and I say, you know, when you said blah, 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 I got defensive. And I think the reason I got defensive is... And then you start, you start to kind of explore with the other person. I, I'll explore with her a little bit. So there's a, kind of, there's a kind of ongoing relinquishing of a secret, ongoing discovery. And I think it's in there that the real wisdom begins to emerge out of all this. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. And that, you're right. That is definitely a marker. And... and you know, so many times as I'm dealing with couples, and I keep coming back to couples because I know that a lot of our listeners are listening to this show because they are concerned about coupled relationships. Sure. Uh, the the idea is that they get into fights because 
one person is trying to convince the other person that their defensiveness is wrong and the other one is trying to convince the other one that their defensiveness is wrong and and we don't ever get to the truth. So right. it's after the fight that we get down to, oh, okay, well, here's what was really going on inside of me. And and what I'm encouraging people to do is get there before the fight, <laughs> you know. But sometimes it just takes us getting into that emotional tumult, so to speak, before we can get to clarity. Yeah, and I think... You know, I, I used to feel like the fights were sort of an awful thing and a nasty thing. And I think that my attitude has, and I know my attitude has shifted now. That is, um, you know, I'll be, I'll, my wife and I will be going along, or my friend and I will be going along, and then something really bugs you. And, and, uh, and it's there that a fight starts, but the fight starts because there's a secret in there that I'm not willing to own up to yet. And so that if I can recognize a fight as a kind of invitation as opposed to something that's awful, or criticism as a kind of invitation as opposed to something that's negative about me, then I think that the fight has a very different tone or complex to it. And I think that it, it becomes, my attitude towards them has been uh, categorically different now um, than, than it used to be, say, 10 years ago, where, when I was just terrified of these things. But I think that if our attitude is, what is there for me to learn, then, the, then I think that the, that the way that things come up that, that strike us as dangerous or negative, I think that the attitude towards that changes entirely, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We begin to, to welcome the intimacy that comes with that and the freedom and the presence yeah. that comes with that. Yeah. Uh, and it yeah. does take that, that you know, going through that phase where you have the fights and it's uncomfortable, but you also learn something each time where you kind of close the gap a little bit between the learning and the uh, the initiation of a conversation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and I would al- I would also want to add one more one more thing to this notion of how conversations can represent depth or can represent presence. Um. I used to think that that to speak a truth meant that you say it out, like, for example, I'm an alcoholic, and then you're done. And I right. think that there's something kind of naive about that, 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 there's a, that, that you're never quite done with this stuff. And to speak a truth almost always begins with the sentiment or even the words, you know, I don't know quite what I want to say in here. There's something in there's something in here that I'm not quite clear about yet. Because if it's really new, and if you're saying something that's really going to lead you to a new place, you have to hit that place in which you don't quite know what it is you're about to say, or don't quite know what you're thinking. And that willingness to be speaking to your friend or your mate or your spouse in such a way that the both of you are willing to sit in the rather scary ambiguity of not knowing quite what you want to say, not knowing quite what you want to what 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 you're feeling. I think that that invitation to go there is part of what we want to be inviting each other to. You want to invite each other to this place of Mystery. not being sure what the answers are. Because when yep. we're sure, we're still in the box. When we're coming right. out of the box, we're coming to a place that we don't know yet. And so that it's always accompanied by this 
Uh, I don't quite know what I want to say here, but there's a call, you know, so it's in yep. there that I think I want to be inviting people to as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to come right back to that place of mystery right after the break. Stay tuned for the last segment with Robert Foreman. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, this has been a wonderful and very enlightening conversation that we've been having today with Robert Foreman, and we are going to be closing out our show in just a little while. So just before uh, before that, I want to let uh, you guys know exactly how you might connect with uh, Dr. Foreman and and what kinds of things he's got going on. So you want to tell us about that, Robert? Uh, Absolutely, yes. Um, First of all, the two websites that I want people to know about, the first for the book, the book is called Enlightenment 8, what it's cracked up to be, and the website is enlightenment8.com. And then for information about soul jazz, we put on a newsletter every now and again. For information about soul jazz and, and to be informed about the next uh, activities, uh, go to godeepertogether.com. That's all one word, godeepertogether.com. And we will be offering a um, an online uh, training rather soon. I don't have a date for it yet, but we're signing up people for that. So, um Love to hear your. Love to get your email, and uh, you can be informed about you know, uh, about our next programs. And again, it's go deeper together dot com. Thanks, Anne. right? 
You're welcome. Okay, so all right. So I want to go back to where we were. One of the things that you said in that uh, just before the break was the thing about how it is to to sort of stay with the unknown for a minute and just kind of go, well, I, I feel that something's about to come up, but I don't know really what it is. I'm just going to go with this and see what comes out. And and uh, I think that's an extremely therapeutic, or to put it in another word, a healing process to do it that way. But I also think there's a there's something about leaning into the mystery there, which I think is a very personal, uh, intimate kind of uh, process that allows us to just uh, be, just be, not be contriving, not be thinking, not be pushing, not be arguing, none of that. We're just flowing with what comes up. Yeah, and here I want to remind our listeners that we started out talking about enlightenment. And I think it's right here that the two dots really do connect. I, I Let me tell you about an experience I've had with a friend of mine. This woman is from Sweden. And she's somebody that I I, um, I really enjoy talking to. We talk go every month or two. And, and um, I can say to her often that, I feel something is coming up right here. And, and, and she's very patient, and she'll simply wait to listen to what it is I have to say. And in that time, I generally am not saying anything. She's not saying anything. And so we're sitting in this sense of silence. There's a kind of an openness that comes. There's a sense almost of a being in a spacious place as I'm waiting for this new thing to start to emerge. So the sense of spaciousness, of openness, of listening into the silence and letting what wants to emerge emerge, that's both the same quality that comes with our spiritual lives, with our meditation lives, but it's also the same quality that comes with truth-telling. So that it's listening into the, into the mystery, or, or the way I put that, Andrea, is to say I'm listening into the silence or I'm allowing the silence to sort of almost express itself through me as if the silence is forming its own sentences through me. And there's a sense of being in that place of silence or being in that place of mystery as I'm waiting to speak out what it is I don't yet know. So that I think you're exactly right, that there's a sense here. This mystery is just delicious, don't you think? And it's just so rich. And it is where our spiritual lives connect with their relationship lives. Absolutely, absolutely, and it, it, you know, the, the 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 you use the word silence. We talk about mystery. I also use the word stillness a lot. That 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 whole when you're sitting with the stillness, you're not contriving, and I think that contrivance is what we generally do because we're so externalized. We just are in the business constantly of contriving what we're going to feel, how we're going to think, how we're going to stand, what we're going to say, how we look, all of that stuff that has to do with what's outside of us. And when we mm. can, you know, people talk and a lot about... I think about the maturing process is one of coming into this sense of your own truth, your own real life, outside of the contrivance. And I think the more mature we are, the better we get at being able to do that with increasing frequency and increasing depth. Yeah? Yep, absolutely. I agree with that, too. That maturity is, I, you know, I, I don't find much difference Congrats. between maturity and authenticity and enlightenment, frankly. But, yeah, those are, uh, those, are the, those are the ways that we can discover, and we just don't discover when we're busy trying to contrive. 
this sense of leaning into the mystery or leaning into the silence of it. Our society can use more of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's what we are so afraid of, actually. I think the reason our society doesn't promote that, if not permit that, is because we are, are, are terrified of it. We're terrified yeah. of it. And I think that the more we can do of that, the better off we're going to be as a people, or the better off we're going to be as individuals, and the richer we're going to, that we're going to find our lives becoming. And, you know, sometimes I feel, Andrea, and it's really nice to talk to you, but sometimes I feel like when I think these thoughts and when I have the experience of going more and more deeply into the truth, I feel sometimes like I'm just so alone with this that our society is so far back. But I, I recognize that we as a society, as, as Western society in general, are so desperate for this and people are so afraid of it. And I just feel like, oh, come along. Let's, let's all start telling more and more of our truths. I cannot, I cannot say how much I hope for people, and I hope for my friends, and I hope for people that I don't know, that there's more and more of the truth that we can start to let out, because it's here that life becomes free and open and without defense. And it's so much better to live that way, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 I do think there's a push pull right now, just a slight slight movement toward more truth telling. But I think as time goes on, it's going to get greater and greater, and there's going to be more and more people who are willing to go ahead and do that. And we're going to see that as the hero, not the person who's contriving as the hero. And I think Beautiful. that's going to make a big Beautiful. difference. Yeah. And I would also say that I agree with you. I think there is an element of society. I think that probably your listeners are really interested in doing this. And I think the only way we can bring a society into this level of truth-telling is to tell the truth. I think this is a case in which how you are is going to create how the world is. And I think this is is really the challenge for us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you, and I'm sure our listening audience benefited from what you had to say. And next week, we're going to be talking with Catherine Tull, who's going to talk to us about the next bold step, which is learning to love and value yourself and know that you matter. So you want to stay here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.